Hello, and welcome to Talk Social to Me. I am your host, Mackenzie. And today, Ben and I are giving you the latest and greatest when it comes to social media, social media news. There is so much stuff coming from Meta this week that it's absolutely ridiculous. So let's dive right into it and get into the episode. It is Ben and I. I am Mackenzie, if you didn't catch that. Hey, Mackenzie, how are you? I'm good. That was a great intro, wasn't it? 10 out of 10, I'd say. Thank you. Well, you know what? I think we're just going to start diving right into it because there's a lot to catch up on on social media news. So first thing is always first. Flex tips. Hmm. 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 Flex tip. Oh, you got dance moves today. Yeah, we got to start posting the full length videos because I get <laughs> I get down whenever you get whenever that song comes out. People need to come check in just for the moves because I do. I, I change it up. Yeah. But uh, Flex tip this week is actually very much connected with our shout out. So spoiler to stick around but but the tip is to not chase short-term virality in the name of longevity like you don't want to chase views that will make you burn out faster or not bring you the people you actually want and so you often hear that the like value brings you followers that is absolutely true if you zoom out far enough but a lot of people they chase the views and so they do what they know will work. And so that's why you can follow one social media strategist and you followed all of them. They're all posting the exact same stuff. And the ones that actually go out of the norm and post genuinely valuable things that are below the, the, the surface, it takes a lot longer, but they usually win and last way longer. So trust the process, post what is truly valuable. Don't chase views. They will find you. It's just going to take a bit longer. Yeah, I love that. And you know what? Patience is always key. It's a virtue I've heard. Yeah, it is a virtue. And you, what is that other saying that they always say? That's turtle, the turtle one. So instead he wins the race. Yeah, I think that's a turtle. But there we go. I think that's about the tortoise and the hare. Hey, you did it. You know books and you say you don't like reading. I love reading, just purely <laughs> nonfiction. Oh, man. Okay. Well, I can't even begin to tell you how much social media news is happening this week or has happened this past week because it's been nonstop. But the biggest thing that I know everybody's going to want to tune into and is probably curious about what we think of it is Meta Verified. And that is the newest thing that Meta, aka Facebook and Instagram, has stolen from another social media app because they love to steal features. It's their favorite thing to do. It's definitely their go-to. I think it's become their business model at this point. But I am excited to dive deep into this because I have a lot to say. Yeah, I'm sure you do. But in case you haven't heard and you live under a rock and aren't on social media recently, Meta announced this week that they will be testing a new verification for Instagram and Facebook for $11.99 a month. So if that doesn't sound familiar to you, that's exactly like Twitter because Twitter just did that. So according to the Zuck, Meta Verified is a subscription service that lets you verify your account with a government ID, get a blue badge, get extra impersonation protection against accounts claiming to be you, and then you'll actually get direct access to customer support, which I think it's worth it just to sign up for that direct customer support. <laughs> That's so funny. That's the first place you went because that was my biggest talking point. It's kind of crazy how they're able to charge for something that should probably be a default. A hundred percent. The fact that everybody always bitches about, oh, I can't reach Instagram. Oh, I can't like I got locked out of my account or somebody yeah. hacked my account. I can't get a hold of anybody. And now they're putting it behind a paywall. It's crazy because basically 
with how profitable they are, they should absolutely have the resources to have an awesome support team. But instead, we're now paying for it. Like that makes zero sense that we got to pay for the support team to use the product that, that they make money from us using. Like it, it doesn't make sense. Not at all. And then the other thing that kind of annoys me is that it's not going to be rolled out to businesses for quite a while. Oh, it's just individuals. It's only individuals. And it seems like it's only going to be creators at the beginning. And uh, the other question that I had too is that if people are already verified, what happens to them? I think they keep their verification, but there's all these rumors going around right now that people who pay for this will actually get a boost in their engagement that. and yeah. in reach. So I feel like that would be so shitty of Instagram to do as well. And I don't know. I just, I'm feeling a little indifferent. Why are we paying for things that should just be free, like you said? Yeah, I guess it's the way things are going, obviously, in, in a constant effort to increase profits. They got to find new lines of revenue, new lines of business. And as new platforms come into play, especially with for Instagram specifically, they lost a ton of consistent users to TikTok. They got to find some ways to make money, right? And so this is the route that they've, they're going. Uh, is it the right one? We're going to find out. <laughs> I'm curious if they're going to be taking this money and giving it to creators in the long run. So obviously, Twitter Blue, they have set, started stating that if you sign up for Twitter Blue and you have ads underneath your tweet, then mm -hmm. you'll get a portion of that ad revenue. I wonder if that's what they're going to be starting to do with Meta Verified. If you're verified and you have enough people engaging with it or there's an ad that comes across your account, all that kind of stuff, if you'll get a portion of that. That would be a very smart move. So I really hope they're listening to this and they take your <laughs> advice and do that because like, I think that's the biggest differentiator for YouTube is because they saw the importance of creators. There are very few people that start in the creation game today and make Instagram their priority. And yeah. that's a problem for Instagram. So if they could flip that script and actually make it a place where you could natively make money, that could be huge for new creators that are talented up and coming to actually make this place a priority. So if they put the money there, that could be a good decision. I'm just skeptical of them making a good decision. <laughs> that's also very, very true. They've just been releasing way too many features. And I know that we were talking earlier this year. So... I mean, it's February 21st when we're recording this. So it's been a month, almost two months since Instagram has made some major changes. And it seems like this week is the week that they're putting out all the changes. And they're like, hey, you like this one? We're going to hit you with this one and this one. But with Meta Verified, since we're going to keep continuing going down this path, they are also going to give people exclusive access to stickers which, for their stories and reels, which I don't know if that's enough to entice people to spend $11.99 a month. And then you'll get 100 free stars per month, which is Meta's digital currency. I just have to say this before you continue. Please do. This sounds like kindergarten. <laughs> like this literally sounds like I'm being told by my kindergarten teacher how to be a good kid. You get free stars and you get some digital stars and you get some digital bullshit. I just... That's awesome and hilarious. Yeah, so you get stickers and stars. That's what you get for spending eleven ninety nine a month and also access to customer support, which should be free. Well, five-year-old Ben would be jazzed up. I'd be going for those stars. A hundred. You get a hundred of them. That's a pretty big deal. That's huge. If you don't know what stars are, it's Meta's digital currency. So if you're a creator out there and you make reels and you are part of instagram's reels program 
you can get people can actually send you their own stars. And if you accumulate enough of them, you can turn that into cash. So there is real world monetary value. Yes, but it takes a lot of stars to get a dollar. I think there will be a massive shift and not to go off on a tangent here, but Web3 will probably be the catalyst for this. But Mm. like creators, especially skilled ones, are so undercompensated for the level of value in which they bring. And and it's so evident that TikTok pulled off the biggest scam of all time with their huge levels of engagement that got everyone believing that TikTok was the place. And creators got nothing, especially if you're not a business-oriented creator. You literally got nothing. and you You were duped. And there's still this belief that it's just the place to be. And I'm like, yo, you're getting robbed. (laughs) <laughs> like, and, and I think that there'll eventually will be a, an understanding to that. And hopefully these are all these changes are moving towards getting creators better compensated. And I actually love the whole shift between brands or creators becoming their own brands. That I think is the future. Absolutely. Yeah. So it seems like everything's moving to gamification. So it's mm. like, get this many points and you'll make this much money. Get this many views and you'll make this much money. And people just have to educate themselves on becoming a brand how to monetize the amount of views that you get and like leverage that to brands that you want to work with in the future. Absolutely. And I think a massive issue for creators is that they don't understand the, the, the value of their traffic because we're lost in this sea of massive numbers. So mm-hmm. we don't break down and work backwards to what that actually means. And one of my previous clients actually gave me this analogy and I was like, wow, that was really smart. And so basically what he said was he's, he went through my YouTube channel. And he's like, Ben, you're getting X amount of views. I think it was like at the time, like 60,000 a month or anything like not crazy. Yeah. And I was like, that's, yeah, that's not much at all. And he said, Ben, that's, that's as many views as a local TV station would get. And they employ a bunch of people. And so he's like, so it's not necessarily a traffic problem. It's a creativity and a monetization problem. And that's very solvable with some creativity. So that, yeah, I think that there's a huge amount of value in creators and brands that have a following and I hope it's going to become easier for people to take advantage. Absolutely. And that kind of reminds me when the new HBO show, this was the new one with the... The Last of Us? The Last of Us. Their opening, like their premiere episode had 600,000 people watching it. And Mm -hmm. that was huge at the time. And you go on YouTube and you see 600,000 views all the time. Yeah, we're very, we're, we're numb to the numbers. Yeah. And, and also numbers can mean 101 different things. I think that's the biggest thing too, is that it, we're all, we, we just, we look at everything the same. And that's such a silly, silly way to do it. Social media is riddled with nuance. And unfortunately, the majority of people don't understand nuance in the slightest. And so the, that's the biggest issue. The ones that win the most, they understand that and they implement it. Yeah. I also want to shout out here. There is a Facebook group. I will link it in the show show notes. If you are an influencer or a content creator, I highly recommend it. It is called the Creative Gal Gang. So sorry, sorry, men. It's for women. But Kelsey Hendricks is the owner of the account. She talks to a lot of creators and obviously in her similar fields, but also talks to people with a lot higher followers, a lot lower followers than her. And she got a, asked everybody what their pricing is Mm. and got an average for everybody. And so she just released a pricing table for TikTok, a pricing table for Instagram. And it's a really, really good tool if you're thinking that you might be overcharging or undercharging just to look at it and see where you could actually be. That's so cool. That, I think it's really valuable because working on both sides of the coin with as an influencer myself and then working with influencers, like 
it's such a cat and mouse game. Mm-hmm. And there's such variability in terms of what people are charging. So I think some sort of understanding would be really helpful. Yeah. And anytime I like am in this group, because it all obviously always comes up on my Facebook feed, I'll yeah. see somebody who's like, I have a hundred thousand followers and I'm only charging this much. And I'm like, you'd be charging so much. And then everybody in the comments is like, girl, charge more, charge more. And it's just like, it's very supportive. And it really kind of helps you hone in on how much you can actually be charging versus what a lot of people are charging. It's, yeah, it's a great resource. And until there becomes an industry standard, the whole thing you're mentioning right now, it underlines the importance of value positioning, right? Because in general, not to go too philosophical, but money is fake, right? And then also the value it, it means 101 different things to 101 different people. Because even even 100K, let's say, followers, even that's not created equal, right? So your ability to position yourself and the value that you bring as a creator will totally dictate how much money you make. 100%. So going off on that, there's another new Instagram feature this week, and that is their community chats. So they're called broadcast channels. Mm-hmm. And obviously the Zuck, little Zuckerberg, he actually announced it by doing a broadcast channel. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, obviously. So what is this? If you're curious, it's basically Telegram, if you have Telegram. And if you don't know what Telegram is, it's a community that you can follow. And the main person who owns that community can just send you messages, can keep you updated on things. And right now, Zuckerberg's channel is obviously doing all updates on anything that's happening on Instagram and on Meta and Facebook as a whole. At the moment, they chose only a few select creators to be part of this. So it's not completely rolled out. It's a testing thing that they're doing just to see people are are interested in it. But I'm not sure if I would use it. As a creator or a consumer? As a consumer. Maybe, I mean, I do have Telegram. And I've used it to follow one artist that I really, really love, but I never open it. And sometimes when I get her updates, I'm like, oh, I really don't care. But I just don't think it's something that I would actively go in and be like, oh, I want to follow this person, see everything they said. That's Twitter for me. Mm -hmm. Like if I want to see what somebody has to say, then I'm going to follow them on Twitter. So I think... I would, I would completely agree with you, but I think the average Instagram user probably doesn't use those platforms. And That's so true. they could see value in this. And if it's all in one place, they'll probably give it a try. And, and if they don't have any other alternate form of it, they may be happy with it. So I, I think it can make sense. Uh, it just fears like as a creator, this is just, this is kind of like almost like an email list that is going to be with within Instagram, which I don't really like because you don't want it to be controlled by Instagram. You want to get it off them. But if you use it as a tool to like get them on your email list, that could be dope. So we'll, we'll see. There's definitely ways that you can monetize this in some like we'll definitely be thinking of those in the future. But it does seem like another thing that they're trying to do with similar to the Instagram notes where they're just trying to figure out new ways for people to engage on the platform, because obviously people have not liked Instagram so much this past two years. <laughs> No, but people love Discord communities, much like you said, Telegram, but there is that two-way ability to communicate with other like-minded people. And this seems like it's not going to have that. So, yeah. And and that's usually what makes those platforms sticky is the relationships that are made through that that community. Whereas if that can't happen, you're purely banking on the, what's that word? Where it's it's one-sided, is it omni? Parasocial. 
Parasocial, thank you yep. for being smart. That That's the one, and they're purely banking on that, which I don't know if that has the kind of staying power that it would need, but we're going to find out. It'll be interesting. If you would like to be part of it, you can join the wait list. I tried joining, but it said that I wasn't allowed to join yet. So I feel like that's really mean. And then 2014 Instagram is officially back. And what I mean by that is that they're now officially working on the ability on your Explore page for you to see what your friends have liked. Do you remember back in the day when you had like the two feeds where you could see see what people commented and like? Yeah, one of my first viral YouTube videos was highlighting that they took it away. Oh, okay. Well, now it's back. I gotta make another follow-up. Yeah, you do. (laughs) Make that viral again. 100%. I just, I think this is gonna break up a lot of relationships. Oh, yeah, it's absurdly toxic. But but as much as it's toxic, where there's smoke, there's fire. You know what I mean? And so, like, if you're doing sus stuff on Instagram, I kind of hope you get caught. <laughs> like, like truthfully, because everyone's like, oh, Instagram doesn't matter. Yes, it does. Yeah, it does. Like, like I've, I've been in relationships where, like, suspect stuff happened on Instagram and it was innocent. And if you said anything about it, you're a weirdo. But then after you're like, oh. I was right. <laughs> and, and in both sides, right? So I, you know what? I think they should expose people that are being sus. So there you go. Instagram's going to start exposing relationships again. They're going to air out people liking it. people's things that they should not be liking. I'm here for it. <laughs> ben is here for it if you didn't realize. Hey, I think there's too, there's too much anonymity out there and people get away with a lot of stuff. So if they can That's very true. have to stand behind their decisions yeah. a little bit more. People are just going to make more and more Finstas. Finstas are just going to go out the wazoo. That's true. But if, if, if it's for suspect purposes, that's kind of tough to achieve if you're not attaching yourself to it. Yeah. Right? So yeah. for in terms of relationships and stuff, I don't see that. Because like at that point, why wouldn't you just text? It's usually the, <laughs> it's usually the beginning of something you shouldn't be doing. And, and that's where it takes place. Whereas ben. if you're just a, a spam account, how are you going to do that? <laughs> yeah. Then the relationship expert on Instagram. Oh, I am. For real. People come to me with their problems. I've had my own. It goes down on Instagram. Trust me. Instagram Instagram does matter. Yeah. Instagram goes down in the DMs. Yeah, it does. It really does. Um, I know you've got some takes on this next one about TikTok turning into HQ. Turn yeah, I was, I was fired up about that. And then in classic BS fashion, it's only in the US market. It is. And it's only for a few days. We get shafted here in Canada. It is absolute <laughs> horseshit. And and occasionally we get a feature first and everyone's like, why did Canada get it? It's like, <laughs> we need this. We deserve this. Damn it. Just one thing. Give us this one thing. And it was some stupid. It was a, it was the add yours sticker. We got that first. <laughs> and everyone was like, why does Canada have it? I was like, you don't know what we've been through, man. Let me have this. Canada needs one thing and one thing only. It's cold here. We got nothing going on, man. I'm looking outside. There's not a person outside. They're sheltered inside. Give us the features. Do <laughs> you want to talk a little bit more about this TikTok trivia that you can't have? Yeah, okay. Let's talk about it. So basically, I think it's wildly smart. So we all remember HQ. We all captivated by about it for, for like a month or two. But they're bringing that into TikTok, which makes so much sense because HQ's biggest problem was keeping people there but people are already on TikTok. So if you can then bring them in, that's gonna create so much opportunity for more money for them. And so if you remember with HQ, it used to be brought to you by some movie that was coming out or a brand. Now they can do that with TikTok. I think it's gonna be a smash success. Yeah, because the newest one is 
because of the John Wick movie. Yeah. How many times can this guy kick everyone's ass? I hope many, this many is, more times. <laughs> this is the fourth one, isn't it? <laughs> I think so. And I love John Wick, so I'm all for it. This guy doesn't stop. Yeah. Give me a trash action film and I'm all there. Good on you. <laughs> but it'll be fascinating to see how well engaged the audiences are because obviously this is definitely feels like a test market. Yeah, yeah. And if it does well, then they'll probably start in doing more engagement series and probably expanding it to other countries and hopefully Canada. Freaking better come to Canada. But I think it's going to do really, really well. I, I am a believer in this. This is a not that hot take, but I think it's going to do really <laughs> I think it's going to do really well because like people are already there and who like trivia is universally loved. Yeah. Like everyone loves to feel smart. That's why they give you easy questions. You know what I'm saying? So no, I'm sure people will love it. And you'll probably get some stars or yeah, whatever. If, if you'll you get, get some stars. Right. Yeah. And get some stickers and you'll get some points. So yeah. And I, that's, that's later. This That's it's very soon, isn't it? Isn't it like tomorrow? Oh yeah, it is tomorrow. Yeah. Cause yesterday you had to finally, um, was the last day to go online and subscribe and register. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. You had to register. Mm-hmm. That I could see. I'm sure they'll get rid of that, but I could see that being a big bottleneck. I think the whole reason why it would work so well is because there's no friction on TikTok. And TikTok yep. are the kings of removing friction. That's why they're successful. So I'm assuming they'll get rid of that. Yep. Well, speaking of friction, this is a great segue. Thank you for that. Twitter is now getting rid of the ability to use text messages as a two-factor authentic authentication. Thank you. And what was the what's the rationale behind that? It cost them too much money. Elon, this guy's slashing <laughs> budgets like John Wick slashes bodies. Yeah. <laughs> so if you don't have a Twitter Blue subscription, which 99% of the people on Twitter probably do not, you'll have to get an authentic, authentication app or a security key on your phone, which really isn't that big of a deal, but it is one of those things that can be annoying because you have to open that app up or you have to like get that security key, figure out what it is and put it in each time when usually you can just get a text message straight to your phone. And yeah. if you're an Apple user, it'll copy and paste directly for you. Bougie. But I do, I think Twitter out of all platforms can probably get away with that because their average user is fairly tech savvy. Yeah. So I think they could get away. Whereas if they tried that on Instagram, my Nana would be out. It'd be mm. over. Facebook? Facebook's gone. Oh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> so he can probably get away with it. I'm sure he probably had that same conversation internally. It was like, how much does this cost? Okay, let's do it. Let's get rid of it. It definitely cost a lot of money to have it. So it's definitely going to help them with their budget in the future. But it's just interesting that they're letting some users still have it. Obviously, if you're a subscriber, but others are gone. You're gone. And then the last bit of news that I had is that TikTok is still feeling the pressure of trying to be as transparent as possible. And they are now opening up data centers in Europe. So similar to the ones in LA, they're opening up ones in Europe to be as transparent as possible with their information and what they do with data because the EU is now coming after them. I still don't think that anything's going to actually happen at all. TikTok is here to stay. Really? I thought last week, month you thought they were going to get taken I know, away. I know. You've changed your opinion. I think that there's going to be a lot of hoops that they're going to have to like jump through. But they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. I also think that their data centers are going to have to like stay in 
the countries that they're taking data from. That'd be huge. So like obviously the one in the U.S., it's going to have to stay in the U.S. The ones in Europe will have to have like a section in Europe, probably like in Paris or Berlin or something where that data center will be located, probably one in the UK. And it'll just be like that for, because obviously we don't want other countries to have access to our data. And that's a huge thing that governments are really, really concerned about. Yeah, I think at this point, it's kind of a free-for-all for our data. Like it's, it's true. It's like, true. <laughs> w- you, you really can't hide that much anymore in terms of like all that stuff. And I'm under the belief of, okay, if, they're probably going to get it anyways. So for me, I just open myself up to it so if it can enhance my experience. Yeah. And and granted, some people are at the total end of the spectrum. And I'm well aware that I work in social, so that makes me very biased. But I don't know how you how you really stop it without legislation, much like you're referencing, coming into play. So yeah, it's just tough to enforce. It is, and I don't know. It's hard because people, like you said, people so freely give their data away without even thinking about it. Yeah, like, like we definitely don't read terms and conditions. And so it's one of those things. It's like, well, if you're already accepting the terms and conditions and you're not going to actively read them, then you're giving that data away for free. So it's your own fault. You know what? AI might be able to become a tool to really make that valuable. Just copy and paste it and say, summarize this. It's interesting that you say that because I don't know if you have been reading up on the latest. I think it's called Section 203. I'm not familiar. Let me pull it up really quick. Yeah, so section 230. So there is a really, really good article about this that I'll link in the show notes. Essentially, what is going to happen is that because obviously AI is becoming a huge part of our lives and it's probably going to be here to stay, will companies be liable? So like if Google, Microsoft... Chat GPT, will they be liable if their AI spreads misinformation or not even only just misinformation, but says like defamatory things or derogatory things? And will Google, Microsoft, these big tech companies, will they be liable for their AI saying these things? So Section 230 has always had been around for a while. It was a lawsuit against Google and there was one against Twitter basically arguing that Tech companies may not be liable for the content of users' posts. They should be liable for what their algorithms promote. Mm. And so that's what Section 230 is about. So this is another subsection I, of that. Okay. I agree with that, actually. That that makes total sense. I think there, it's just a very slippery slope with all this stuff because I don't know if we've talked about it much in the pod, but there's this Bill C-10 here in Canada. Mm-hmm. We've, have we talked about that? Like, that's... So like there are some concerning things, especially as a creator in terms of like governments getting involved. And the Bill C-10 thing, I think is a horrible decision for Canada. But I, I think there needs to be some regulation because much like any new technology, the laws, they can't move as fast as technology does. Yeah. So there's got to be some, I'm sure in 20 years we'll look back and there'll be a whole new book on, on what's okay and what's not. I think we're just so early still, as, as crazy that, as that is to think about, that the laws just aren't even in place. Yeah, 100%. And so obviously this is just now getting to the Supreme Court where they're going to be talking about obviously open AI, AI in general, what it means for these tech companies, what it means if like their AI not only spreads misinformation, but just says something that is defamatory or derogatory or anything like that. Mm. Will that company be liable for it? Because they're creating that AI. 
Yeah. But their AI is also getting information from the web. So yeah, it's just all these different layers to it. Because like technically through the evolution of an AI model, it's it's a different model tomorrow than it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. So it's like, is it's that ever changing? Still, yeah, so in the truest sense, right? Because it, it actually readjusted stuff. It's not like a human that changes because of their experiences. It's like legitimately re- changes the way that it views like everything and how it functions. Yep. So that that is a very deep thing that sm- people smarter than me are going to have to deal with. Yeah, but the actual article that I'm going to link, the headline is Big Tech's Future is Up to a Supreme Court That Doesn't Understand It. That that is another massive issue. Is the people in power don't live with it. They don't understand it. They don't care. That's like the the whole Cambridge Analytica thing. Like, we run ads, Senator. Yes. <laughs> like that, yes. <laughs> it's like the same boomer thing, and it, it's like they should they should appoint some like younger tech person, official or consultants or someone to at least be on the decision making process because that that is crazy. That's become a massive meme in our community. So I'm sure there'll be a whole lot of of that from this next wave. Yeah. So it'll be, it's going to be really fascinating to see what comes of this. I have been keeping up to date on this Supreme Court and just really, really fascinated to know what's going to happen and what the ruling is going to be, especially since, like you said, AI is ever changing every single Mm -hmm. day. It's learning new information. It's processing new information. And so how do you make a bill on something that's going to keep continuing to evolve yeah they're gonna have to sort that out and then does that stunt the growth of the technology then is that a good or a bad thing there are infinite moral dilemmas here with this technology that will make it interesting to follow along with at the very least absolutely well that is all the news that i have today to tell you do you want to do a little flick feature absolutely so i teased this in the beginning so of course you're all still here to get this as we know. But the shout out that I have is actually Sam Parr. And so Sam Parr is the creator of The Hustle. The Hustle is one of the biggest newsletters on the planet that he recently sold for multiple millions of dollars. And he now runs the wildly successful My First Million podcast. And so he is an entrepreneur, a hustler through and through, but he didn't really start with the social media content game. And so he's a genius and he's really scrappy and his content is awesome, but he doesn't really like much like I was saying in the beginning, he doesn't copy what everyone else is doing. It's pure original content that is oftentimes below the surface. So he doesn't have the traction that I think he deserves. Mm-hmm. He's starting to get it because of the show. Yeah. But he but he goes way deeper on things because he's lived it and done it. And ironically, that took so long to catch on because people are all want the same fluff. Yep. And so he, he's giving real great information. The podcast is phenomenal. If you haven't checked it out, I strongly recommend it. It's my first million. And then his Instagram is just at the Sam Parr with two R's. And he's a great follow. I've been following him for a while. Wickedly smart dude and real tangible business advice from a, a content first perspective, which I think is one of the biggest gaps in the marketplace. So go follow him. Absolutely. Love that. Well, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you did enjoy it, give us a five-star review because that will make me love you forever and you want my love forever, I promise. You can follow us on Instagram at flick.social. We're on TikTok at flick.social. We're on Twitter at flick underscore social because we get to do dot on there for some reason. Thanks, Elon. We have some YouTube stuff, don't we? Do we ever? <laughs> but our, our YouTube channel is actually cooking up as of late. We've got a ton of content and clips from this podcast coming too as well on YouTube. So it's well worth 
subscribing to. We've got some great longer form content where I dive deeper and to give you some real actionable stuff. And if you like this podcast, I can guarantee you will like the YouTube channel. So go over there, hit that subscribe, then the bell button. We'll become best friends. Absolutely. Thanks again for listening. And we will talk to you next week. Bye.